Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Okay, here's the deal. It's 7 o'clock. Yeah! Yeah! It's time for 92.9 The Game Tonight. For the next hour, tune in or listen on the Odyssey app. As we get you caught up with all things Atlanta sports and beyond. We're going up tonight. Like I said, just turn up and listen, you know. Way to lead the show. It's 92.9 The Game Tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome in. It is 92.9 The Game tonight. I am Abe Gordon here taking you all the way to 10 o'clock tonight. And we are going to have some fun on tonight's show. Some interesting topics. I don't know if you want to call them debates. Just some thoughts uh, of what's going on here in Atlanta. A couple of different stories. One, I've already kind of hashed out with you guys on Monday night. But things have changed a little bit. And so we're going to reset that topic from Monday just a little bit. We're not going to go too hot and heavy on it because I got to get to this Justin Fields discussion. And things started early this morning, but depending on when you wake up, I guess early is uh, relative. But, you know, the, 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 the tweets, the posts on X, whatever you want to call them, they came out about, hey, the guys are at the combine and, and teams are talking and, it looks like things are heating up for Atlanta and the Falcons and Justin Fields. And not that that's a surprise, but now we've had almost a half day, a full broadcast day, but in terms of the actual day, a half day of are you for it or are you against it? And we've had this discussion for a while. It's not not a new discussion, but certainly it got re-energized today and Look, I just I have some questions for those of you who want Justin Fields here. But in all fairness, I have a lot of questions for those of you who don't want Justin Fields here. I would have loved to have sat, by the way, with Dukes and Bell and had a roundtable with those two guys because they are the epitome of what we see in the Falcons fan base. Dual extremes, no middle ground, respectfully, yelling at each other, which is great radio, by the way. 
I really did enjoy their segment discussing it, especially because I was sitting in traffic for no reason. I don't know what's going on out there today. 14th Street was shut down, and it took me a lot longer than it should have to get in. But that gave me the benefit of hearing Dukes and Bell headbutt each other in a very entertaining segment about Justin Fields. And so I've got some of the questions I would have asked them. I'm going to ask you. And we'll get that going in about 15 minutes at 7.20 or so. Got a bunch of other stuff for you tonight as well. And again, it's Abe Gordon here live from the Kia Studios. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, do so at Abe Gordon. And certainly we're going to take some calls in a little bit in regards to Justin Fields, with all due respect to the Hawks conversation I'm about to have in a couple of moments, we're not going to take calls on that today, maybe a little later in the show, potentially, but uh, we certainly are going to be taking calls in regards to Justin Fields. I have some questions. Again, I would have asked Duke Simbel, but guys are busy. They had to get out of here. And so I've got you guys to rely on. Again, the phone number there, 404-726-0929. We also heard from Raheem Morris yesterday, Terry Fontenot as well, And maybe it's unfair to do, but I've picked apart this interview. I've listened to it probably four times. The first time was live. The second time was while I was editing a chunk to replay. The third time was while I was breaking down the comments. And then a fourth time when Andy and Randy replayed it. And so I have some replay comments from Raheem Morris. And we're going to dive into exactly what he said, and what I took away from his comments. And I want your takeaways, too. Of the replay chunk we use, I want you to tell me what you gleam from those comments because I have three specific bullet points that I think uh, are pretty pretty particular, if you will, uh, about the potential of this offseason. One of those things, a couple of those things, very exciting to, to be sure. So we'll get to that. In the 8 o'clock hour, we'll also have the PM power rank at 9.20, by the way. I have a list of realistic free agent options for the Atlanta Falcons. And look, I'll tell you, when we break down Raheem's comments, some of these, you know, may not may not work. Maybe you shoot higher than some of these names. I'm, I'm very optimistic about that. But look, I, we've heard it today. You're not going to get a top pass rusher a top offensive lineman, a top corner. Like, like there are potential of adding one of those at an elite level. You're not going to add three or four elite free agents. So I got a list of maybe what I would deem mid-tier free agents. I don't think they're bums. But I also don't think they're necessarily uh, uh, completely changing the scope of this team. I think they would add... And so at 920, I'll get to my list of free agents and who I would uh, like to see uh, being considered, at least in some manner or shape. But I want to start today with the Atlanta Hawks. And I got to call a lot of you guys out, if we're being honest. Because I took a lot of flack on Twitter over the past, you know, 48 hours, whatever it may be, since I tweeted about Trey Young being out and DeJounte Murray and and how the Hawks are going to look and does this matter? Is the front office watching? Stuff like that. And a lot of you got on me 
about that. And I'm just saying, if you're not in in the camp that people are paying attention to what this stretch looks like, I can't help you out, man. Like, it would be wildly irresponsible if the Hawks front office didn't look at what happens with Trey Young out and consider their options. I'm not saying Trey needs to go. That is far from what I've said. In fact, for those of you who completely misconstrue my asking a question for my take on it, I am in the camp of keep Trey Young, continue trying to build around him, okay? But I also am open about the potential of what this stretch looks like. You blow out the Jazz last night. John Collins returned to State Farm Arena. Second straight win without Trey Young. Collins, five points, five turnovers. He did tally 11 boards. 124 to 97. It's the second straight game in which you held an opponent under 100 points since, let's go, all, the whole season. It's the first time all season, back-to-back games, opponent under 100 points. How do you think that happened? Was it because Orlando was on a back-to-back and Paolo Bancaro was out? Maybe. Partially. Potentially. What about Utah? Maybe John Collins tried a little hard? Impressed the home fans here in Atlanta? Maybe it didn't work out for him? Yeah, sure. You can make up your reasons. But the numbers are the numbers. It's the first time all season you've had two straight games holding your opponent under 100 points. You think that just randomly happened? You think that's just a coincidence? Look, it's two games, guys. It's a small, very small sample size. But you cannot pretend that the ownership in the front office isn't paying attention to what happens in this stretch. That's all I'm saying. You have to consider it at a point. Now, I don't believe they're going to be wildly better with Trey Young out. I don't think the team is better without Trey Young. I don't. I think a couple aspects are better. There's probably a couple aspects that are worse. I don't think this team is going 18 and and 6 without Trey Young. But if they do, if we play it out and and it looks like that, how can you sit here and pretend it's not going to be noticed by the front office? How can you sit there and pretend that other options open up if that's how the team goes? It's not for or against Trey Young, guys. I've already told you. I'll say it again. I want to keep Trey Young. I want to try and build around Trey Young. We need the right pieces. We have not come anywhere close to attempting to get the right pieces around Trey Young. We have not. But more importantly than keeping Trey in Atlanta, I want this franchise to take steps forward. I want to see a winner at State Farm Arena. I would love it to be with Trey. If they deem it more possible to do so without Trey, I'm for it. I just want to see a winner, guys. I don't want to sit here and watch Trey Young for a decade plus 
and say his second and third year in the league was the best we had. And so, ultimately, what does this stretch with DeJounte Murray being the lead dog out there? What does it show? I don't know. Again, we're not breaking down the entire rest of the season based on a two-game sample size. But it's also not a coincidence that for the first time all season, they've played some defense and held their opponents under 100 points. It's not definitive. But it's not nothing either. And and again, the front office is paying attention. You should want them to pay attention. I want them to pay attention. I want Trey Young to be the future of this team. But if they were closing their eyes to potentially what we're going to see here, that'd be irresponsible. They wouldn't be doing their jobs. Open mind is what you're asking of this front office right now. Options on the table is what you're asking of this front office right now. And if after this stretch, after this season, they meet and they deem that we still think Trey Young's our best option, best path forward, great. Go help him out. Let's do it. But based on what we might see, based on the talks they could have, if they deem that he's not, then do what you have to do. Trey Young is great. I love watching him. I'm a fan of the Atlanta Hawks before I'm a fan of Trey Young. I want this franchise to win. And we, if we have to part with Trey, if that's part of the path forward, so be it. If we part with DeJounte and that's the path forward, so be it. If we keep both and bring someone else in, if that's the path forward, so be it. Ultimately, I don't really care who's here and who's not. I just want to start winning. I just want to be a seed that doesn't have to fight in a one-game situation for their playoff lives. I mean, unless it's a game seven or something like that, but you know what I mean. Get me out of the play-in, man. That's all I'm going to say, guys. Let's just, it's not a coincidence. That's all. Now, that doesn't mean that you hold any of your next 20 opponents under 100 points. They may, you might be right back at 120. You guys remember there was a three-game stretch uh, a couple of weeks ago where we're like, hey, man, look at this defense. You held an opponent. I think you held one to like 104, one to 105, and one to 108. Three wins. And you're like, man, look at this. Like, team's playing defense. That went away. They, they gave up 120 next game and it was gone. So let's not pretend like these – the 97 that they held yesterday, it, 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 that's going to be repeated either. We're going to find out. That's what's great about it. All I'm saying is have an open mind about what we see in the stretch. I don't know the right answer. I don't have the right answer. But I'm not closing my eyes to the potential of the best path forward for this team. And it's to be determined. Right now, it is to be determined couple other highlights, headlines. Jonu Smith, no longer a member of the Atlanta Falcons, going to save $6.5 million in salary cap space, space. Excuse me. Michael Harris today. If you didn't know, didn't have the opportunity, game was on MLB Network, and Michael Harris hit a ball. It looked like it left the ballpark. I don't know if they still play in Clearwater, 
the Philly spring training uh, grounds, but, boy, he hit one. It definitely left the yard. It looked like it left the entire stadium. So, Michael Harris, obviously, we talked about it. Game one of spring training, a deep bomb. He had this one. Uh, AJ smith Schaubert, mixed bag of results. Not quite as good as Chris Sale was yesterday, but uh, I'm not here for results. It, it, fastball was sharp. couple things to still to work on. I think we're all right. All right, when we come back here on 92.9 The Game tonight, we are going to break it down. Justin Fields, do you want him as an Atlanta Falcon? Why? I've got some thoughts and then some questions for you. 404-726-0929. It's 92.9 The Game tonight. It's Abe Gordon here. I got Garrett Chapman here with me as well, my partner on the pre- and post-game for Atlanta United, my partner on the College Football Overtime Podcast. Somehow we're hooking up in a uh, in a good way. On a Wednesday evening, not to make it weird, Garrett. But when we come back, more on Justin Fields. It is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Let's go get it, baby. Let's go do it. Come on. Sports doesn't stop at night, and neither do we. Let's get this show going, man. This is 92.9 The Game tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back into the Kia Studios here on a Wednesday evening. Second straight week I've had to miss trivia. And uh, the fellas, the group, took home first place without me, which is relatively expected. You know, I have some strengths that maybe they're not uh, overly great in. Uh, movies, Hollywood being one of them. Uh, but it was not a Hollywood trivia uh, night uh, for them a week ago. So they took home first place. I hope they can repeat uh, in my honor, if you will. Uh, 404-726-0929. We're going to get into it in regards to Justin Fields. And look, the the rumors are heating up at the Combine. Not a big surprise, right? You got the teams there. You got the GMs there. Talks are had. And and stuff uh, speeds up a little bit. So I'm not surprised. You know, we're seeing. We're waiting. It's just a report, just a rumor. We'll see. If they head towards an actual deal, deal uh, in regards to this, uh, I will say this. I will say this. Just my, just my take. I don't have any proof of this, but I, I do think that Justin Fields is climbing the priority list for the Atlanta Falcons. I say that because I think as aggressive this as they want to be. In regards to the draft, I just think they're not going to find a way to get one of the top three guys, and they don't want to settle for someone else. They don't want to take that guy at eight, and they don't want to take that guy in the second round. And so you probably look at what are your combinations of risk and reward. Where does the free agent market fall? Obviously, we heard what Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris are looking for. Zach Robinson's had some comments. It just feels like like Justin Fields might be the option that that fits what they're looking for. Not you know, it, it's a Goldilocks situation, right? I don't think he's their real preference. I don't think their real preference is on the table, though. And, and so you got to figure out what does work for what you're looking for. The other thing is Bears GM Ryan Poles says they want to quote do right by Justin Fields. Yes, what does it mean? But, like, also the most, quote, do-right move for Justin Fields is sending him here. Football-wise, maybe it would be Pittsburgh. But, like, 
when you combine football and personal stuff, sending them here is probably the most do-right move they could have. Take that for what you will. I don't think it's a priority for the Bears to, quote, do right by them. The, the priority is to make the best football and business decision they can. But, you know, if it's a side effect, then so be it. Excuse me. So here's the question I have for you guys in regards to Justin Fields. 404-726-0929. For whichever side of this that you stand on, bring him in or keep him away. Whichever side of this you stand on, I want you to tell me why. And I also want you to look at yourself and ask yourself, are you viewing this decision with an open mind? Because most of you are not. I'll be honest with you. Most of you are not. Why does it seem that you are so convinced, for those of you who want him here, why are you so convinced he's going to come in here and light it up? And for those of you who say no thanks, why are you so convinced that Justin Fields is going to come in here and look the exact same as he did in Chicago? 404-726-0929. I'll get to your calls in one second, but I want to answer these questions myself first. Because I'll say this. I think Atlanta is a better spot for Fields than Chicago, obviously because of what we have on the field, but also the support we would be showing him as a city. But at the same time, yes, I, I think he would do better here because we're a better team. Like that, that makes sense, sure. At the same time, like I don't think he's going to come here and it just clicks and he's going to be an MVP candidate. I don't even know if he's going to be noticeably better than he was with the Bears. Still get more wins, but is all of a sudden the completion going to go up to 72%? Are the fumbles going to go away? Like, I don't know. Like, I really do fall somewhere in the middle. And that's why I'm so shocked and so surprised that there doesn't seem to be a middle ground. Like, for those of you who were hanging out with Dukes and Bell earlier, Mike Bell's on one side, Carl Dukes is seemingly on another, and they are not discussing, well, there is risk, but there's also reward. It could be this, it could be... No, they are like, bring him home, or what are we thinking? And I feel like a lot of the fan base echoes exactly how they feel. There's no middle ground here. I see the potential in Justin Fields. I like the risk. Personally, I would be very comfortable taking that risk. But I can still understand that there is a risk. There is a chance that it does not work out. All the same is there's a chance that you extend him and he's the man and let's roll. I just don't understand why people from either side, bring him here or keep him out, can't admit that it could go the other way. Just because you want him here, cool. It could go the other way. And so again, if you want Justin Fields, I want you to answer me this. Why are you so convinced he's going to come here and light it up? And if you don't want him, why are you so convinced he's not going to look any different than he did in Chicago? Let's start on the phones with Russ on line one. What's going on, Russ? Hey, how you doing? Doing good, man. So let's start it this way. Do you want Justin Fields here? Yes. Very, very talented. I think he would do very well here. We're a better team. Got a 
better running game. We got better receivers. Yes, absolutely. You got to understand a lot of the, what happened with the Falcons is the coaching, the way the coaching was. They didn't coach Ritter uh, the way he should have been coached. That's my opinion. Well, look, look, I'm not worried about what happened with the Falcons. Right now we're talking about Justin Fields. I'm worried about what happened with the Bears because Justin I was told that he needed a number one receiver. They gave him DJ Moore, and the numbers are still not good. They have Cole Komet, and the numbers are still not good. They actually had a pretty good running game. I know their offensive line is no good. They actually had a decent running game, and the numbers for Fields are still not good. Okay, I agree about the running game. The Bears had a very good running game. But I just think the Falcons are better. I, he's very I talented. Yeah, very I, I agree that they're better, Russ. I do agree that they're better, and thank you for the call. Look, that, that that's one of the reasons that you feel good about Justin Fields coming here. Better protected, more weapons, reliable weapons, and yes, and yes, better coaching. And there's no denying that. There's no denying that. There's absolutely reason to believe he's going to come here and be better. But I'm not so far into it that I believe he is going to be like the non, the, without fail, a franchise quarterback, give him the big dollar. Like, no. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it was coaching and maybe it's a lack of playmakers, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's him and that's all he's going to be. I don't know. Again, it's somewhere in the middle. Let's continue on the phones. Pierre in line two. What's going on, Pierre? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. So let's start here. Are you for bringing Fields in or against it? I'm against it. Okay. So with that said, why are you so convinced he won't be any better or minimally, marginally better than what we've seen him be? Well, I think he can be better, but I just, me personally, I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of of how much he go, how much the, he's going to cost against the cap. The like, cap just went up thirty million dollars. Money's not an yeah, issue. I, yeah, I, and, I, and I, I, already, I already know that. I know that point. I just what the Falcons. I, I'm from a standpoint where I think they, I think they should draft the quarterback because I, I, I just don't want to. I just don't want to. I just don't want to pick up his fifth-year option. Now, if they would have drafted him years ago, that would be a different story. But I don't want to pick him up now this late in his career. So who are you drafting, Pierre? Because you're not getting Caleb, you're not getting Jaden, you're not getting Drake. I, 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 you no, know, they can't. You're right, they can't. Um, personally, I, I still I like that kid. I like that kid out of Washington, Michael Penn. You're doing not it. doing it at eight. You don't know how he do You're not doing that no, at eight. No, not at eight. No, not at eight. Probably, maybe if they, if they trade back, yeah. But if they could trade back and get him, then I'm all for him. But you understand the but risk. He, you well, understand think, the risk here. Is you're talking about Michael Penix being the priority. You're not taking him at eight. What are the real chances uh-huh. he's there in the second round? I, I mean, you can't make a priority a, a complete unknown. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm first off, I don't want Penix. That that's just a me thing personally. But you can't go into the NFL draft already having lost out on fields, already having lost out on whatever free agent quarterbacks there are going to be, and then having the potential possibility of your guy going elsewhere. Look at who's drafting between spots like 12 and 19. Like five of those seven or eight teams need quarterbacks for one reason or another. Denver, Seattle, there's a couple in there. I'm blanking. Maybe even Pittsburgh. I had it written up months ago, but I just don't know how many quarterbacks are going to go in the teens, and I think you get in trouble. Well, Abe, just play yes-no with me right here. 
So pick number 12. Well, actually, let's start here. Uh, pick 10 is the New York Jets. Yes or no? No. Pick 11, the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, yes. or no? Pick 12, the Denver Broncos. Yes. I think, it, I think it was right, by the way. I think it was the Vikings I had started with. So. Las Vegas Raiders? Yes. New Orleans Saints? Yes. Indianapolis Colts? No. Seattle Seahawks? Yes. Jacksonville Jaguars? No. Cincinnati Bengals? And then now we're into other teams. But Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Because they're not throwing Kyle Trask out there. Now, maybe they re-up Baker Mayfield, and they, that answers that. But you, you, ran, you ran a five or six teams that are – I'm not saying they will 100% take quarterback, but there is a good argument that if they want to take quarterback, they can. And don't discount the value of the fifth-year option. Right. Do not discount the value of well, a fifth-year option. And you're, that's talking about teams not even trading up. We're talking about teams picking in the teens. I mean, forget about all the other ones that could trade up. And There's a bevy of options you could trade up, by the way, if – if somehow you get that extra second-round pick with the Calvin Ridley thing or whatever. There are a lot of ways to do it. Um, but I, I just think it's a huge risk. You can't go into the NFL draft not not being sold on that. And if you are sold on a quarterback, it's going to have to be at eight. You can't take Penix at eight. There's just not enough value there. Uh, Carlos is in on uh, line three. What's going on, Carlos? Hey, what's going on? I'm good, man. Like, like Let's start here like, like I have with the last couple of callers. Justin Fields, do you want him here or not? So this is my take. I say we get. I say we have our Drew Brees New Orleans Saints kind of moment. Drew Brees kind of in the same situation until you had his comeback player of the year. You get Justin Fields. He's already gone through all the rounds of. Hold on, hold years. on, Carlos. Carlos. Drew Brees had questions because he's coming off of an injury. We knew what type of quarterback he was, though. Justin Fields is not. It's not an injury question with him. It's. It's. Is he good? It, it's not the no. same scenario. Well, true, but still, it comes back from the aspect of, like, he's had three offensive coordinators. He's coming into a new situation, which is a home situation with a new head coach. We're coming back to finally having a, a, a QB coach. For whatever reason, we didn't have a QB coach. Yeah. So now we can play more to his actual strengths, and he has a coach that's asking him to tailor-made his game to fit our game, which we actually have yeah. talent. So I, I don't have a problem with your argument, but your argument in, in in favor of Justin Fields is he's going to be better coached with a better team around him. And, and I think that's a good argument. I do. But that that's yeah, the sure. full strength of your argument is that the coaches are going to impact him. And, and I just find it interesting that some people think he's going to be a totally different quarterback and others think it's going to have no impact at all. Well, I think you're still going to have the situation. So the best advantage is, yes, he played at Ohio State at one point. So he can play in the cold from playing in Chicago. But now you're coming into the dome weather. You're coming into the stadium. You're coming into Georgia warm weather. So I think it's going to be a different impact on his body, especially when it comes to injuries. He's not playing in the cold until we travel to the cold. So I think there's going to be an upside. It may not be the first year, and that's going to be hard for the Falcons fan nation to understand because we've had to go through the drought of transitioning from Matt Ryan as well. But I think there is upside, and I'm for Justin Fields, and we see that we need, in a quarterback league, somebody who's actually played the quarterback position at a high level. I appreciate the call, Carlos. Thank you. I, I want to say this before we get to a break, uh, aside from I don't think the weather's the impact here. The, the other aspect of this is I, I question Justin Fields as a passer. I don't question him as a playmaker. Like, like The fumbles may bother more people than they bother me. They don't bother me as much as they they probably should, I guess. I just don't know if I trust him as a passer. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing. It might be. 
It's up to Zach Robinson and Raheem Morris and TJ Yates to decide if they can fix him or or not. Because if you can't make him go through progressions, deliver the ball accurately, no amount of athleticism running around is going to make a difference. And so there's some good, some bad. And that's why I'm on the middle of this, guys. I'm willing to accept the risk. I'm in favor of taking the risk. I see how good, in my mind at least, Justin Fields can be. I see the high-level potential. But I also see the question marks. And I'm just so surprised that it has to be one or the other. And so my question for either side is just why are you so convinced of the side you're on? We're going to continue with the phone calls here to Abe Gordon on 92.9 The Game tonight. Coming to you live from the Kia Studios. Carl, Guerre, yo, Jake, John, and Don coming your way next right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Letting the spit fly. For me, it's the intensity. This is 92.9 The Game Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Letting the split fly is accurate, baby. Because I am amped up, energized about this discussion. And I've gotten some great reaction on Twitter as well. Thank you guys for sending some messages. I do read them. I don't always have time to respond. Uh, You know, I try and get to a couple of them every break, but certainly you guys are doing a great job on Twitter as well to the question that we are asking our phone callers as well. And again, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Abe Gordon, you can send a reply there. But for whichever this this Justin Fields side uh, of the argument you are on, I'm just asking why. And, And it's not just why we should bring him here or why you should keep him away. It's why are you so convinced? Why are you so convinced? It's okay to say, kind of up in the air, man. Like, I think he'll be better. He'll probably be better. I- I'm willing to find out if he'll be better. But I'm not going to stand on here and stamp and say, he's the guy. He'll run your franchise for a decade. MVP at least twice. Super Bowl berth. Get him in here. I'm also not going to say, you traded for Zach Wilson. What are you doing? I'm willing to find out, but I'm not convinced either way. And I'm just trying to find out why you guys seem to be so convinced. Yes, bring him in here. He's going to be great. Keep him out of here. He's a bum and a bust. Blah, blah, blah. 404-726-0929. Which side of this are you on, and why do you feel like you're so convinced? Carl, online four. What's going on, Carl? Hey, what's going on? How you doing tonight? Evening, brother. What's up? I do not want Justin Fields. See, that's a very convinced do not. You heard that, guys, right? That's not just me. So now you got to tell me why you're keeping him away. All right. Allow me to give you three reasons, and these are my whys. I don't want him here. One, half of what you see quarterbacks play start in the head, which you don't see. And when I saw him leave Georgia, to me, that was telling about his makeup as a football player. Two, you can't tell me that that regime that drafted him in Chicago after three years of watching him says, hey, it's not him, it's the coach, but they get rid of the coach and get in, uh, get a new coach and get rid of him. And three, why are you so ready to jettison Desmond Ritter? If Justin Fields needed new coaching, 
maybe Desmond Ritter needed new coaches. So, no, I don't want him here, and I think there are better options. Could he be good? He could be, absolutely. Could he be good here? Absolutely. Do I want to take that chance with that fifth-year option and the franchise tag? Because if he doesn't show anything, not only do you have the fifth-year option, but you also have the franchise tag. No, I don't want to take that chance. I think you make some great points, Carl. I I do. I I can argue against a couple of them. Uh, You know, comparing Ritter to to Fields, I I think there's a difference in playmaking ability. I think that's probably the biggest one in regards to that. Um, I I just think that, like, critical game errors, and I know Justin Fields is is not a ball security guy. I get that. Uh, But in terms of critical game errors, Desmond Ritter was absolutely the worst in the entire NFL. And I'm not saying that that Fields is going to go lead back-to-back game-winning drives all the time. I'm just saying I don't think he's automatically costing you the games that Desmond Ritter did. That's all. I do think Desmond Ritter, by the way, has some tools. I think he could be better in this league with better coaching. I don't think he learned anything. I, I said this. I don't think the game slowed down from his week one start. To week 18. That was my concern with Desmond Ritter. Let's continue to get as many as we can here. Guy Air is uh, out there on line five. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, brother. Are you for or against Desmond Ritter? So, more of a football fan than a Falcons fan. I'm a Ravens fan, but I've lived in Atlanta my whole life. So, I do. Can Desmond Ritter be Lamar Jackson? Tell me now. No, but I think bringing Justin Fields to Atlanta gives them a whole different offense that we haven't seen since or since y'all haven't seen since Vic. Yep. And the running and he has a great arm. And being in Chicago and him only being in the league four years, three years, whatever, his O line was horrible and I feel like people don't look at that aspect and the fact that he got pressured as soon as the ball snapped. So he had to run nine times out of ten. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think the offensive line is going to be better here. I think he's going to benefit from that. Accuracy is still an issue. Can that be cleaned up if you maybe are able to protect him and he can trust his line a little bit better? I think that's a real argument, and I appreciate the call. Like, look, if he can stand back there confidently and deliver, like, is his accuracy going to be better? How many times is he throwing all the run? How many times is he throwing the ball away? That all adds up. I'm not saying he's going to become the third most accurate passer in the league. But small stuff matters. Can he stand there with fit? Now, I don't know if you can stand there and trust this offensive line. We're not some great behemoth that no one can get by. But I think we're better than Chicago. Does he have better options to deliver the ball quickly? I think so. Do they have guys who are going to catch more passes? I think so. And so... Yeah, there's reason to believe he would be better here than he would be in Chicago. The question, obviously, is how much better. Let's continue on the phones. Yo is out there on line six. What's going on, yo? Not much, brother. How you doing? I'm good, man. I told you I'd get to you, so what's happening? I'm just going to say this. Like, we can sit here and act as if Justin wasn't put in a bad situation. But the truth is, is that the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, and the Minnesota Vikings were all playoff teams. And that's what Justin played against. 
in his first three years on a team that was subpar when it came to the Chicago Bears. So when people want to do comparisons, they have to compare it to what you were going against. Like, you know what? The Atlanta Falcons lost a game to a team that only had one victory and 11 losses. And that team only had, like, one defensive end in Brian Burns. And you know what? We lost. We lost to guys who were third-rate, second-rate. And you know what? Don't let me get into what the damn New Orleans Saints are because I can't stand the Saints. So when you say that, hey, Justin Fields didn't perform good against three of the top five defenses in the NFL, all who which went to the playoffs, one made it to the championship game, you're not really comparing apples to oranges. You're saying that this guy couldn't beat some of the best in the NFL with a subpar team. But you know what? We lost to a team that was 1-11. We lost to a team that had one guy on defense and a quarterback from Alabama who was a rookie. That's what we lost to. Justin didn't lose to them. You know who lost to Justin Fields? The Atlanta Falcons. We put both of our quarterbacks, our third All right, round yo, yo, I got to stop. You haven't answered my question, man. Do, do you want him here or not? Like, I understand there's you weaknesses with the Falcons. Come so, on, Abe, Abe, man, you have been talking for months. Okay, but, yo, you can't you know call, you can't call up. Yo, you can't call up and say read the tweets. We got an audience out there who wants to hear you say it, brother. So go ahead and say I, it. I want Justin Fields. I want Justin Fields on the Atlanta Falcons. And I want the Atlanta Falcons to step up, get Justin Fields, and then I like Dallas Turner at number eight. Let's do this. Okay. Yo, I am I'm with you, okay? And I appreciate the call. There's a lot of things he said there. Some accurate, some maybe not as accurate. I don't think the NFC North had three of the top five defenses in the NFL. They did have playoff teams, yes. In the past couple of years, they've been playoff teams. But, look, they're not exactly the AFC North. It's not Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. That's not his entire season. That's only six of 18 games. Or 17 games, 18 weeks, pardon me. But I think he makes some good points. And, yeah, part of it is you do have to consider some of the quality of the opponent. I think more so you have to consider the teammates that he's running alongside. I just think Atlanta is better than Chicago. I don't care that you lost to Carolina. You also beat Houston. You also beat Green Bay. I mean, there's some good to go in with that bad. And can Justin Fields make the difference so you don't lose to Carolina? So you don't lose to the Cardinals or the Vikings? Yeah, I think he can. I'm not saying you're going to come out and beat the Lions. I'm going to say you're going to go to Philly and beat the Eagles. Maybe you will. But I don't think you're going to lose the games you lost because I think that was a real issue quarterback-wise. All right, continue on the phone. Jake, what's going on, Jake? What's up, man? How are you, man? 
Oh, pretty good. Look, um, I'm just gonna get straight to the to the point. You know, um, I'm not gonna beat around the bush like the last caller. I want Fields. Um, I've called on him before, and I'm going to sing it to the hilltop. I want Fields. Um, I shit. It's is is no point of going backwards. You know, Raheem Morris. There's a reason why Raheem Morris said what he said a couple of days ago, or I think it was yesterday. You know. He said, if we had a better quarterback, basically, you know, he wouldn't be where he is now with us. And that's true. We need a quarterback. We need Fields. We're not going to be able to go on the draft and get a good quarterback because, like you stated, all those teams need a quarterback. So our best bet, go get Fields. If it's not Fields, which I hate, but if it's not, I'll look at Russell Wilson. But preferably, I want Fields. And then we go start working on defense. My, I'm, I'm also wanting, and I've been saying this too now, I've also been wanting to get Grady Jarrett on that defensive line some help because he needs it. I, I love Grady, and I want to see him win, and I hate that he's getting triple, quadruple team. And he, I, I see one play he beat two men. Well, let, let me help you out, Jake. One way or another, they're going to get help for him. I don't know if it's in the draft. I don't know if it's free agency. But they're going to have help for him this year. Cause the way Raheem's what? talking, they're not coming in without a pass rush again uh, again this season. So that is on the way. Appreciate the call, man. A lot of interesting thoughts being uh, provided today. Let's try and squeeze one more quick one. Kareem online, too. What's going on, Kareem? The ATL. What's up, man? What's up, my boy? How you doing? I'm doing well, brother. Where do you stand? Fields, bring him home, bring him home or keep him away? Hey, you know I'm a Justin Fields guy, 100%. Bring Fields to Atlanta. And here's why, Abe. First and foremost, the guy is a ball player, right? He's a ball player. He's going to and he's gonna progress, in my opinion. And I say that with, with this to say, Abe, if you look at the three years behind center in Chicago, and we all know – he was with one of the worst franchises in the NFL. However, though, if you look at that draft class, right, the the top two progress, uh, progress, progressing quarterbacks of that class have been Fields and Trevor Lawrence, the same two from growing up in high school, 707 here in the state of Georgia. So I feel like Fields, he's been handicapped with his situation due to the situation being drafted and whatnot. And I feel like the right coaching – Right, he will elevate and be the guy that we need. Is he going to be an MVP? We don't know. The jury's out on that. But however, I think he's going to give us the best chance to win the NFC South. I appreciate the call, Cream. Look, I don't think he's the only option that gives us a chance to win the NFC South. I, I've been heavy on Baker Mayfield personally. Uh, I, I don't know how much he would cost. I feel like the numbers starting to creep up on Baker into the high thirties. Uh, in regards to Baker Mayfield. I don't know if I'm doing it for that. I'd rather just have Justin Fields. But uh, if I can get Baker for mid-20s or even the low-30s, I would consider that as an option as well. I don't know if he's leaving Tampa either way. All right, when we come back here on 92.9 The Game tonight, I want to replay the comments that Raheem Morris had with Andy and Randy yesterday because there are a couple things I want to nitpick. And I'm really going to, like, dive into the words and I want you guys to listen closely as well. What are you gleaming from his comments? Because 
Uh, I want to pick it apart. Uh, I got three bullet points. Maybe you've got some others. Let's listen to what Raheem said, and, and then we'll spend some time breaking it all down. That's what's coming up next here on 92.9 The Game Tonight. Again, it's Abe Gordon here until 10 p.m. right here on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for more 92.9 The Game Tonight. Let's keep it going now. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in. It's Abe Gordon here live from the Kia Studios on a Wednesday evening. Some interesting discussion about the Atlanta Falcons, the quarterback conversation. We're going to continue uh, in just a moment with Falcons, uh, more Falcons uh, conversation because I want to listen to what Raheem Morris had to say yesterday with Andy and Randy on the Midday Show and kind of nitpick a, a little bit and really see if I can break down a couple of comments and maybe maybe put maximum uh, importance on what he's saying. We'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. I do want to finish out the conversation with Justin Fields on the phones. Uh, Don and Sam were uh, gracious enough to hold through the break, so I want to make sure we get them in. Let's go ahead and start with Don on line three. What's going on, Don? Hey, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Where, where are you on this Fields thing? I'm all in for Justin Fields. You, you like, said you're all like in for him? I'm all in. So like, why are you so convinced like, he'll come here and be a difference maker and, and be the quarterback we all uh, deem him worthy of trading for? Because he's a competitor. Like, you, if you watch him coming through high school, going to college, he actually went to Georgia to compete against Jack Form. You, Jake Form. So, you know, in general, he was there knowing that he was there to compete. He could have went somewhere else and just started which he eventually did, but even like the player that he came in the NFL as, he's not that same guy. You can see his leadership change. You can see like his maturity change. He's going to put the work in. All right. I appreciate the call, Don. Yeah, thanks. I, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I disagree with just about everything that was said. Um, 
No, no offense. Like, I'm in favor of Justin Fields, too. I don't think going to Georgia shows that he's a competitor because he then left Georgia when he didn't win the job. I, I, and in terms of, is he a different player than when he came into the league? Like, honestly, can we say he is? I can't. I don't know. That's just, I, I'm not saying he can't be, but I, I don't know how dramatically dif- different he is now than when he was three years ago. I think a lot of that has to do with some issues within the Bears organization. That's the premise, right, that he'll be better here. Uh, let's finish things out with Sam before we get to Raheem Morris. What's going on, Sam? Hey, first and foremost, let's say this. Um, we wouldn't be having this discussion if the Falcons were not screwed the poops three years ago. All right, stop that. Hold, hold, hold on, Sam. Hold. I'll let you finish your statement. But why do we keep having to go back to they should have taken him three years ago? If you don't want Kyle Pitts, that's fine. But why do we keep pretending like Matt Ryan wasn't on the team then and circumstances changed after the fact? Like, that's such revisionist history. And it's not just you, Sam. I'm not yelling at you. But it's such a revisionist history argument to be like, you had your chance. Why now? It was a totally different situation. All of the factors were different. It absolutely absolutely was not. Matt Ryan was done. Stevie Wonder could have seen that. And if you, if you don't believe me, go ask the Indianapolis Colts. They pay him $18 million the next year to go away. He that, was, was that was a great move, so wasn't it? Whole, it's living the dream right there, I mean, man. I mean, this, it's, it's just reality of the situation. Matt Ryan was washed up. So if you look at what the Green Bay Packers have done for the last 20, 30 years, they don't have these problems because they have a transition plan. We didn't. We literally rolled Matt Ryan until the wheels literally fell off. I partially and, agree with you. Only partially, though, because if, if the Green Bay Packers had taken Jordan Love four overall, that, that plan doesn't work the same way. If you take Justin Fields you know what, four though? overall, he's not sitting the bench. But you know what? If, if uh, All that may or may not be true, but what you don't do is take a tight end higher than any tight end has ever been drafted. Well, I, you don't I, have don't, a I don't disagree with you on that ball. one. I, That's I, what you don't do. I, I, I'm with you on that one, but those are two separate arguments. That's all I'm saying. I, I disagree. And as far as Justin Fields, <clears throat> I feel as though I feel as though we do have a better setup here. I feel as though the man is obviously a playmaker. If you didn't believe it, you, you saw what he did to, to the Falcon team just last year. You saw what he did. He lit him up. 313 yards, uh, a couple of touchdowns. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Kyle Pitts had two catches for five yards or some garbage like that. But, I mean, the point of the matter is this is a quarterback-driven league. And and you are not going to win in this un- unless you're the 2000 Ravens, unless you're bringing Ray Lewis and those guys back in their prom, you're not going to win without a quarterback. So the Desmond Ritter, the Tyler Hennekees, even the old washed-up Matt Ryans, you're not going anywhere with those guys. Get Phil's in here. You should have got him in here three years ago. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Sam. It, it, it's just such it's such a lazy argument to say you had the opportunity three years ago. And you did, and that's fine. You did have the opportunity. But, but to pretend the situation is the same as it is now is where it becomes lazy. To pretend you're having the same discussion now as you had then, it's just not accurate. It's not accurate. You can, you can revision his, history it all you want and say Matt Ryan was done, and, but you didn't know he was going to be gone the year after. Well, we know what the factors were there. And, and so I, I just don't believe that you should have brought him in three years ago, make up for that now, or, or don't do it now if you didn't like him then. Like it, the situations are different, that's all. All right, Raheem Morris joined Andy and Randy yesterday. I want you guys to take a very close listen. 
And I'm not just replaying it to replay it. I want you guys to actually listen to what he says. If you find something that you want to nitpick, that you want to take the magnifying glass to, give us a call. Because I have three specific things that I found while listening that we're going to deep dive into it. And so please listen to this. We'll take some reactions after. It is Raheem Morris with Andy and Randy. As you've been evaluating your roster so far, what are you away from being a playoff contending team? You know, it, it's so exciting to be able to come back to Atlanta, to have some familiar faces that you already knew, um, some of the guys that were kind of built when we were here before, and we were able to do some of those things like the Chris Lynchons, the, the Caleb McGarry, some of the guys you see playing well, Grady Jarrett, the A.J. Terrell, and things of that nature. But some of the acquisition that Terry and some of the new staff members and some of our scouts have brought in and some of the old coaches that they brought in with the Kyle Pitts and the B. John Robinsons of the world and even the Drake Lunges and some of the different people like that that you've seen these guys come in and really be really productive players and really do a nice job of going out there and formulate what you want to get going. And then obviously, man, the elephant in the room is, you know, having to add that quarterback that can make a difference, right? That quarterback yeah. that you win because of and not despite of, or that quarterback that can actually go out there and win you the game and change the game for you or change how you do yourself from a whole entire organization, uh, not just from a game-to-game standpoint, but from a whole perspective. And I think um, they've done such a good job of, of putting that all together um, that we are very close and we feel very confident that we're going to be able to build a winner here um, and to be able to sustain that thing for a long time. What have the last three weeks been like? I know we had the introductory press conference three Mondays ago, getting the staff together, traveling, talking, meeting, all of this kind of stuff. What, just timeline-wise, like what's been going on in your world as the head coach of the Falcons over the last three weeks? You know, I, I kind of used to the guys today all, all throughout the day that it's just a competitive urgency going on right now, right? There's uh, the, the, the element of getting together and discussing people that you want to bring in with the Falcon ethos and how you want to bring those people in. And then there's the whole communication factor between my coaching staff, our scouting department, um, the general manager, myself, all the, all the heads of the departments, and making sure that we're all on the same page in order to get us going in the right direction and how quickly we can get there. The next part about all that stuff is just combining all that and getting people together to talk about the things that you have, the things that you want, the things that you need, and then moving forward and then obviously bringing us to this college standpoint where it's another way to acquire people and acquire, and, and, and acquire guys to your team of how do we implement all of our things that we want to get done in a short amount of time and having just this competitive urgency instead of this frantic urgency to feel that you've got to do it today as right. opposed to building this thing so it can survive and be long-term winning. When, when you, we, were, we were talking to Terry earlier, and I asked him a question because, you know, you're a part of that this evaluation, a part of putting this team together, and, you know, the salary cap goes up, Reem, and now all of a sudden you got more money than you probably thought you were going to have going into free agency, and now there's, a, there's these certain guys, we call them uh, war daddies, these defensive ends, like, you know, I don't want to call them names, but I want to get you in trouble. I saw people already trying to get you. But these <laughs> war daddies at these positions, do you think that with this extra loot you got, does that give you an opportunity to maybe, even, maybe think about them now that you know that you have this extra money? You know, we, we've been in the process of thinking about that before we even knew we had it uh-huh. because of the projections of the NFL, right? The projections of the NFL has done nothing but go up, you know, because of episodes and shows like we're doing right now and all of the, the popularity of the sport. Um, you can project that things are going in the right direction and you may have a little bit more than expected. But you've got to always prepare for, like you mentioned, those war daddies. you always got to prepare for those guys you want to acquire to your team that may cost a little bit more, um, that, that's been on different teams, that's proven in commodities, and now you can go invest and those people and try to get those people to leave some of their respective buildings. Now, with all that being said, it always goes back to the people, right? You got to be able to bring people into your building 
that you feel comfortable being around the people in your building. And that's a big part of what we're doing in this process right now also, you know, learning those people, talking to people that have been around those people, having a chance to bring those guys into your building without naming names and who they are and what they look like, and, and being able to talk to that process with everybody. And I think that's the part of it for us. Falcons head coach Raheem Morris joining us here on the Midday Show with Andy and Randy. One of the, one of the, kind of what you were just talking about there, one of the big words that was talked about in the introductory press conference and since has been collaboration, collaborating between you and Terry Fontenot and the coaching staff and all of that. Collaboration doesn't always mean agreeing on everything, though, right? Like, obviously, there's going to be disagreements on a player or a vision or something. When there are those moments of disagreement between you and Terry or coaches or whatever, what does that look like? You know, for me, it's about having a high level of communication. And with that high level of communication, it has to be direct. It has to be honest. And more importantly, it has to be ongoing, right? And, and I think if you keep those things in your communication background and you're able to talk things out, that allows me to have empathy for anything that anybody's saying, whoever I'm asking, right? I can put myself in Terry's shoes. I can put myself in Kyle Smith's shoes. I can put myself in a Ryan Pace's shoes and see his vision or feel his vision. And I have the ability there to disagree or agree um, with the people. And at that point, that's when we implement and use more people to involve to help us narrow down to us getting on the same page to what we need to do. So, like, I don't think it's an end-all, be-all with me. I don't think it's an end-all, be-all with Terry. I think we want to use the smart, intelligent people that we have in place and be able to use those guys to formulate and help us get to the decision that we all will be comfortable with at the end of the day. Rod, you're going to be, you and Terry and your staff, you're going to be, um, you know, interviewing hundreds of these kids up there, getting to know them and everything like that. What is the one thing that you want to take away from one of these young men as you sit there and say, this kid might be a Falcon? You know, I love when, when guys get in those rooms and they have the ability to get uncomfortable in those rooms and you're sitting there with the light on you with a bunch of people sitting around you don't know. I love to see when those guys' personality and they get really comfortable in those spaces, right? Because we're in uncomfortable environments all the time playing this game. You're in uncomfortable environments just all the time doing what we do. So those guys that thrive and they shine in those uncomfortable environments are the guys that we love to be able to bring a part of us. We're those guys that we love and want to make them a part of what we do. And when you find those guys, they, they, they stand out, and they stand out in a good way. And it's about adding those kind of guys to what we want to do here. How do you, how do you blow one of those interviews? Like, if you're really, like honestly, like how, how, what, what can someone do in one of those interviews and, and you walk out of it like, well, that guy doesn't have the Falcons ethos. We're not interested in him. Like, what, what's the worst thing someone could do in that situation? Andy, it's, it's really simple. Like, it's an honesty-driven business. And if you can't trust people that you're around, um, you're going to have real issues, you know, and that's just in life in general. But, like, bringing a guy in without that honest feel or, or that, honest, that honest thought process for me um, is one of those deal breakers. You know, um, you want that guy to be absolutely honest. Um, there are a lot of things that we know because of our research that's happened in people's past. And then you want to see people be accountable, people be honest, and go through that process with you. So in order for you to make those decisions that you want to bring a part of it or not. So you trading up, trading back, what you going to do? Uh, hey, yeah, I Terry mean, told I mean, us. Terry, told Terry us already told us. So so you he, can, he, he told, told us, us the process. Either yeah, you're trading up know. or trading back or standing at eight. So, I mean, obviously we can get something out of you. You know, here it is, right? You cannot um, say uh, in an open book context that, that – we're not collaborators because we're going to tell you the same thing. We may go up. <laughs> we may sit tight. Yeah. Right. But well all done. options are on the table. And I believe uh, Barry and I have done a great job of uh, making that really clear um, yeah. to everybody that's involved within our building and out. 
You guys collaborate yeah, I mean, the hell out of that it, answer. It, it, hell, I mean, it sounds exactly a damn like. down. <laughs> I had one. I got one more. I got one because sort of going back to to 09 in Tampa uh, when you were the head coach there and it was a rookie quarterback that season. Obviously, you've been a part of staffs that have had veteran quarterbacks uh, over the last handful of years, certainly here in Atlanta. How is your job different as head coach if there's a rookie starting quarterback week one this coming season or if there's a veteran starting quarterback week one this coming season? Yeah, that's, a, that's a huge difference. You know, like when you get a rookie quarterback, you're learning that guy and you're trying to teach him uh, what his uh, roles and responsibilities are along with getting him comfortable and finding his rhythm and routine, right, and being able to put people around him that can help him do that. And you have some people that would be a little bit more um, – caught up a little faster to know kind of what they want to do and how they want to do it. You can help them. Um, but, you know, it's a big difference between a rookie and a veteran. Uh, acquiring a veteran, obviously, you'll have a guy that's coming in with some rhythm and some roles and um, kind of knows his routine. And then that's about being supportive. And then how do you support that person at the highest level? And how do you get those things done within the framework of how we want to work our Falcon organization? So I think all those things being to coming into play, is how you got to think about the process. You know, what's the support system behind your younger player? Hey, what's the support system behind a player that's going to come in that's got a rhythm and routine? Um, who does he like to talk to? Um, who are the people that make him comfortable when it, when, it, when the game is on the line? Um, how all those things work, right? We've been fortunate to be around a Matt Ryan here. Mm-hmm. And what was really important about having a guy like Matt Ryan playing at a high level was his backup, right? Whether it was Matt Schaub or whether it was TJ Yates and those people that were putting those positions of support. Like, those things are key and critical um, and, and, and just as much for a rookie as it is for a veteran. And I, and I think you got to surround guys with the people that need to be around in order to have the ultimate success. Um, that's just how, I, you know, that's, I, can go on all, I can go on for days about this, but would you, that would is you, a really critical point. Would you prefer one over the other? You know, um, obviously you can never say what you prefer, mm-hmm. right? you got to put yourself and go through these stages of, hey, here's your scenario A, here's your scenario B, here's your scenario C, here's scenario D, but you got to have all these scenarios for your succession plan and 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 that's what we got in place right now and how we're going to move forward right and then at the end of this thing we make our decision you'll probably come back and ask me was it a b d or c (laughs) i will i am i'm gonna ask you that and when you make that decision always gonna be a all right what did you hear nitpick it with a magnifying glass let's run the microscope over it what did you pull out from those comments because i got three specific things that we're going to talk about on the other side of the break here, if you have some, you can give us a call as well. 404-726-0929. It's 92.9 The Game tonight, live from the Kia Studios. Abe Gordon here with Garrett Chapman as well on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. For data management practices. Pace yourselves. It's going to be a crazy night. This is 92.9 The Game tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in, 92.9 The Game tonight. Abe Gordon here taking you to 10 o'clock. And I hope you listened last segment to Raheem Morris and what he had to say when he joined Andy and Randy. I got three specific comments I want to dive into. Take under a microscope, nitpick, and pull apart. And let's start with the first one. It is not a surprise on what he said uh, but it, it pretty much told me one thing. Uh, there's just no shot Desmond Ritter is QB1 next year. 
having to add that quarterback that can make a difference, right? That quarterback that you win because of and not despite of, or that quarterback that can actually go out there and win you the game and change the game for you or change how you do yourself from a whole entire organization, uh, not just from a game-to-game standpoint, but from a whole perspective. It's, It's quite simple, guys. There was not a single win of the seven that was won because of Desmond Ritter. In spite of, yes, very clearly they are taking a different approach there. This other one is even more exciting to me because it tells me that we could be doing something in free agency that we haven't done a lot of recently. You gotta always prepare for, like you mentioned, those war daddies. You always gotta prepare for those guys you want to acquire to your team that may cost a little bit more, cost a little um, that that's been on different teams, that's proven in commodities. Now, I got a segment coming in just under an hour at 920 about a couple of middle-tier type of free agent names I would be interested in. But that comment right there from Raheem Morris is probably the one that got me most excited. And I know we're talking about the quarterback position and what are they going to do there. Raheem is making me a believer that this team is going to do something we haven't done in a long time. And that is go out and get the free agent that other teams also want to bring in. I don't know if it's Chris Jones or Hunter trade for LeJarrius Sneed and pay him. I don't know who that big-name guy is, but for the first time in a number of years, I actually feel like they're going to go and get a big-name dude. No offense to Caden Ellis and David Onyemata. Jesse Bates was great. I think they're going to go get a legitimate difference maker, and so I'm excited to hear that. And then he also spoke, Raheem Morris, yesterday with Andy and Randy about his preference at quarterback, a new guy or a guy that's been in the league. When you get a rookie quarterback, you're learning that guy. You're learning and you're trying to teach him uh, what his uh, roles and responsibilities are along with getting him comfortable and finding his rhythm and routine, right, and being able to put people around him that can help him do that. And you have some people that would be a little bit more – caught up a little faster to know kind of what they want to do and how they want to do it. You can help them. Um, But, you know, it's a big difference between a rookie and a veteran. Uh, Acquiring a veteran, obviously, you'll have a guy that's coming in with some rhythm and some roles and um, kind of knows his routine. Very interesting from Raheem Morris. Ultimately, I do not think he tipped his hat. Uh, I don't think he ultimately revealed his preference. But I think it's safe to say that he understands the difference about the potential of coaching a rookie and the potential of coaching a veteran. Now, it may not be his choice. You have to figure out what is the best option for the team right now and the team moving forward. But I do find those comments very interesting. What did you hear from Raheem Morris that maybe you want to pick apart a little bit? Let's start on the phones. Corey is in Fairburn. What's going on, Corey? Well, uh, what I heard was, he wants to build a program, a long-term, sustainable, viable program, you know, along the lines of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and and, uh, and and the Ravens and all these guys. You know, I heard him talking about, um, you know, the backup quarterback, the rookie quarterback versus veteran quarterback, the backup quarterback, even even the free agency guys, always being in a position to, 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 to succeed year after year, decade after decade. The Falcons, I mean, they, they've been, you know, whoever the hottest coordinator is, we've been stuck on a one-trick pony deal for forever, basically. I mean, Arthur Smith might have been a great coach if he was able to bring Derrick Henry in his prime, 
but that didn't happen. So what I what I hear from Raheem Morris is building a long-term sustainable winning program by trying to get the right people in the right place and constantly being in a position to make the moves that need to be made when they need to be made instead of like this Justin Bill thing always being, you know, a day late and a dollar short begging for a quarterback. So that's that's kind of what I hear. I hear I hear him trying to build a sustainable winning program, which is something this city has never had. Thank you, Corey, for the comments. And if I want to react to what Corey was saying, it would be this. If you're building a sustainable winning program, Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson probably aren't your answers because you're talking about short-term windows versus sustainability, if that's the keyword we want to use there. I think that would qualify with a Baker Mayfield or a Justin Fields. Obviously, they would have to be good or certainly a rookie quarterback if it works out. But I think that would take those end-of-career veterans off of the table. So interesting that that's what Corey came to. Jay is in Atlanta. What's going on, Jay? What did you hear? Hi. Good good evening, guys. Evening, man. Um, what, what I hear what I hear from Raheem um, is I heard a key thing yesterday. He said he wanted to find a quarterback that was good for our city. And being that I'm hearing a lot of rumors about Justin Field building connects with Kyle Pitts and the other guys we already have on the offense, I just think that that would be perfect for our offense. And then, two. Uh, what do you think about the chances of us getting Snead from the uh, um, uh, Chiefs? I see a lot of rumbles of that. Yeah, it's interesting, and thanks for the call. I, I mean, look, he said they're going to go get some more daddies, right? That was the second thing that I pinpointed. Here's the quote from him. We don't need to replay it. Here's the quote. You got to always prepare for those war daddies, those guys you want to acquire to your team that may cost a little bit more that are proven commodities. Look, I, I don't know if, Kansas City's real about this trade thing or what it would cost, but, yeah, I'm interested. Now, I don't know if that means you would eventually part with A.J. Terrell or if you would pair them up long-term. I don't know. As a DB coach, I would like to think Raheem Morris is interested in pairing them up. I know he's head coach, but you know what I mean, a former, you know, a strength of his whatever. Uh, I would be interested in it. Now, I still think uh, – Right, because this is where it comes into play. If free agency comes before the draft, you've got the eighth overall pick. If you're going, and you already know you're going pass rush there, can you get that board daddy, as you want to call it? Is that in the cornerback position? Cornerback, CB, not QB. Make sure we all get clear on that. Uh, That's one of the points, though. That that is one of the things I nitpick out of Raheem Morris' comments. He talked about war daddies, legitimate dudes. Sounds like for the first time in a while, I believe they may actually bring one of those guys in. And that's no disrespect to Jesse Bates, by the way. He's probably one of those guys. But ultimately, how much can that safety impact the game? Probably about as much as Jesse Bates did a year ago. He was outstanding, but you're still sitting here talking about a 7-10 and 10 team. You get a little bit better from the cornerback or pass rush, one of those, quote, war daddies then I feel real good, and I think he's going to get that done. Final call here on this. we got the PM Power Rankings coming up. Marcus is out in East Cobb. Marcus, what did you hear from Raheem? Yeah, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I honestly think Raheem, uh, Coach Morris, he's actually open to almost anything, but he, I feel like he knows what he wants, and I honestly feel like it's Justin Fields. And I wasn't on the Justin Fields train until recent when I – took a step back and I thought about it. Our run game is one of the best in the league. Um, 
if you give him a run game and you give him a good offensive line, and I know that's a big discussion amongst, uh, you know, the Justin Field haters and lovers, but I think that it's a good fit for him here. I wanted to hit the draft, uh, possibly move up, get some of those uh, those dogs out of college. But when you have somebody that's played the game, uh, you know, been in the league for as long as he has, yes, he's yes, he's been, you know, low percentile in, uh, amongst the quarterbacks. But if you look closer, I think it's a lot of what we have that he didn't have in Chicago. Like a offensive line, a, a solid run game. You got Bijan, you got uh, uh, what's my other man, uh, Algier, and I think that play action would go crazy for us. Um, and when you talk to when I when I look at what the fans in Chicago want, they want him to stay. I mean, I, I, I look around, I try to find, uh, I try my best to find uh, like somebody that doesn't want him there. So, I mean, and they have the number one draft pick, and they can get a generational player right now. So I think he's he's honing in on Justin Fields, and and now I'm I'm on that train because I wasn't on the, the, the Coach Morris train at first, but as I heard him talk, it made more sense. And now that I look at it, Justin Fields to Atlanta may be the best option for cost, salary, cap, uh, get some more big dogs that you talked about, Sneed, and uh, possibly get a, another – no defensive piece. So that's my take. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Marcus. And look, the whole thing in regards to Fields is just the numbers that he's put up in Chicago. Is that the reality of what he can be? I've sat here and said, I think he can be better. I don't know how much better, but I think he can be better. Can he get an offensive line that he's not running for his life every time? Does that help him go through reads, go through progressions, be more accurate? If he can stand back there with trust, maybe. Can he get better coaching here than he did in Chicago? Absolutely. I absolutely believe that. But does that make a big enough difference in his play? I don't know. But like I said earlier today, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to take that risk, even if you have to go ahead and sign up for that second year. You got space in the cap, so go do it. All right, coming up next as we wrap our second hour, it is the PM Power Rankings. My list, my topics given to me last show by Oren Romaine. One sports topic, one not sports topic coming your way on the other side. It is Abe Gordon here live on 92.9 The Game tonight from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Oh. Is 92.9 the game tonight? It is top ranked in late night radio. Talking all things Atlanta sports with you on Sports Radio 92.9 the game. Welcome back into the Kia Studios here on a Wednesday evening. Abe Gordon here, taking you for another hour and change, all the way to 10 o'clock before we hand things off to Damian Day Day Lewis tonight. Prep Sports Nation at 10 o'clock. Look, a lot of great comments on Twitter slash X today at Abe Gordon. If you want to get involved, a lot of stuff on Justin Fields and it's been quite revealing to be honest, because I did come into today, especially after listening to my guys, Carl Dukes and Mike Bell saying, man, is anyone in the middle on this thing besides me? Or is it just two extremes and Garrett Chapman? Who's with me here today? 
Is anyone understanding of the risk, willing to take the risk, but also, you know, hopes are are mid-tier and and understanding of this? Because it seemed that for, for so long, the Justin Fields discussion came down to bring him here. I'm convinced he'll be different than he was in Chicago. I'm convinced he's going to light it up. And the other side was, I don't want any part of him. I'm convinced he'll be no different. I'm in the middle, guys. I really am in the middle. There there are so many good reasons that he'll be better in Atlanta than he was in Chicago. But I also don't think that means he's immediately a top 10 quarterback. There's middle ground. I think it's worth the risk. Ultimately, that's where I stand. I think it's worth the risk. I don't think he's the only one that's worth the risk. I don't think he's the only one. And so we'll see ultimately how that ends up. But it is 840 here on 92.9 The Game tonight. I've got my list ready. The topics Oren gave me a couple of days ago. So let's go ahead and get to it. It's time for the PM Power Rankings on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, the PM Power Rankings is going to go out on Twitter in just a moment. At Abe Gordon again if you want to comment or share some thoughts on my list there. The two topics given to me, one sports topic and a non-sports topic. Oren gave it to me Monday night. Garrett is going to give me new topics tonight for the next edition of the PM Power Rankings. I also want Garrett to Gare, uh, you know, break down, share some thoughts on the rankings I do have today. So we'll start here. I want to start with the non-sports topic. We'll get to the sports topic in a moment. The sports topic is best fighters from any discipline. I'll explain how I came to my list in that one in a moment. But the non-sports topic, top five Mike, Michaels, or Miguel's. Wanted to clarify, just make sure Miguel was alive and active. But uh, unfortunately, not a single Miguel made my list. But the top five Mike or Michaels, according to me, Number one, and they had to be real, by the way, which was unfortunate because I could have gone in a totally different direction with this list. Could have gone totally different direction. But top five, Mike or Michaels. Number one, excuse me, number five. We're going backwards, forwards. Number five is Mike Myers. I, I, just a massive part of my childhood, comedian. Between SNL and Austin Powers, Wayne's World, Mike Myers is my number five, Mike or Michael. Number four, and look, it's this is my list. If you wanted to have him higher, totally understandable, Michael Jackson. He was always going to be on the list. You might think he's too low. That's fine. He's higher than any other musician on this list. That's the king of pop, man. Okay, cool, man. Awesome. That's the king of pop. Great. Great. Come on, Cool. Man. Number four. Too low. Number three, Iron Mike Tyson. It's my list, Garrett. It's my list. And the thing about Tyson, when he was right, he was the scariest individual in the country. When he was right. And I know things went awry. The back half of his career, really after the Buster Douglas fight, things went awry. Really, it went awry before that, but he still won a couple fights. But 
when Mike Tyson was a prospect coming up, it was just scary to watch his fights, and I really enjoy that very much. Number two, probably the most controversial name on this list, and I wasn't even sure if it qualified, but I threw it on there anyways. Number two, Michelangelo. I mean, the Sistine Chapel, namesake of a mutant ninja turtle, Michelangelo, my number two ranked Mike or Michael. And that leaves us with, of course, number one. It probably only could have gone one way for me. I, I know you could have done it a little differently, but for me, number one Mike or Michael certainly is Michael Jordan. I don't know how much more needs to be said about Michael Jordan at number one. Again, your list could have been way different. I would have loved to do a, a an Atlanta sports-only version. I mean, Miguel Almarone, Michael Harris, Michael Vick. You know, it, I would have figured two, two others out. Uh, and that was just off the top of my head. So there you go. That's the non-sports topic of the top five Mike and Michaels. And now we get to my sports topic. And some days I think the non-sports topic is more interesting. Some days I think the sports topic is more interesting. I think the sports topic is very interesting today. Uh, again, it is the PM Power Rank because my list has just gone live on Twitter if you want to get a sneak peek of what I'm about to present here for you on 92.9 The Game tonight. Oren gave me the topic of best fighters from any discipline. Who are the best fighters, no matter the discipline? And I kind of went a slightly different route. What are you already laughing at, Garrett? I haven't even started the list yet. What? I went a slightly different route here. I, I took five different disciplines and wrote up my best fighter. Because I, th I think it's wild to try and compare the variety of disciplines. I wanted to kind of just compare everyone in each discipline. And so here is my top five fighters, any discipline. Number five, out of the street fight bracket, Kimbo Slice. And look, he was obviously probably the most famous. He went to professional fighting, did have some success, not, not the greatest career. Uh, but I think he brought street fighting on the map in, in a way. And he was, I mean, he was like Tyson. He was scary. He could take a punch and he'd dole him out. You'd see him just walk out from behind a wooden fence, take off his shirt. It was like, all right, three, two, one, let's fight. Kimbo Slice was a legend. He's number five. Number four. And, and look, you, you can have whatever guy you want. I went with boxing. Number four. And I think, and I look, I'm not going just by pure record, guys. I'm thinking because all of these fights, all of, guys can only stay at a certain level in their prime for a certain number of fights, certain number of years. I'm not sure anyone was better when they were at their best than Muhammad Ali. And so number four on my best fighters of any discipline is Muhammad Ali. Number three, from the realm of mixed martial arts. I'm going John Jones, guys. 
I think the athleticism, the creativity, he's a perfect body type for the weight class he was in. I'm not so sure how great he'll be long-term as a heavyweight. Also, he's probably a little bit older, a little bit past his prime. There's certainly some ring rust there. I'm not sure when he was at his best, anyone was ever better than John Jones. I think different fighters fought differently, right? You know, Khabib's undefeated. But John Jones cleared out weight classes. And I just think when he was at his best, freak athlete, risky, creative, strong, agile, quick, I'll take John Jones. Number two on my best fighters from any discipline list, Alexander Karelin. And those of you who are old enough, Garrett, thumbs up, thumb down. Are you old enough to remember Alexander Karelin here in Atlanta? He was the Russian wrestler who lost to Rulon Gardner on a technical rule change. And it, it was pretty much, I mean, it certainly it was an event that defined the life of Rulon Gardner, changed his life. But Alexander Karelin's nickname is The Experiment for a reason. This guy used to toss dudes. I mean, just toss them around. Absolutely dominant. He had an incredibly long winning streak. And so he's number two. I, I know ultimately we know him as the guy that lost to Rulon Gardner, and that's fine. He's number two. And then number one on my list. And this is a guy most people may not be overly familiar with. Um, I think he's the best fighter active right now. He's the best of all time in his discipline. We're going to no-gi jiu-jitsu. No-gi jiu-jitsu. And I think he's 28 right now. Might be 29 by now. I don't know. Um... It's hard to say a guy was the best to ever do it by the time he's 25, 26. But Gordon Ryan is the best no-gi jiu-jitsu practitioner of all time. And I say that with all due respects to those who came before him, to those who popularized that martial art. If you don't know who Gordon Ryan is, you want to know how great Gordon Ryan is? He will give the broadcast team a treasure chest before the fight with an envelope in it. The envelope tells you how he's going to finish the fight, which specific submission he will use. He then wins the fight. They then open the envelope, and it is exactly how he won that fight. Armbar. Triangle submission, leg lock. He does whatever he wants to to the greatest competitors active. There's no one else in the world who does that. And so Gordon Ryan is my number one fighter from any discipline. Now, Garrett, I could have gone a bunch of different directions with that. I could have tried to rank just fighters, maybe who I'd least like to face, Stuff like that. I wanted to give a variety of disciplines their due respect. I went with my top of all time in those disciplines. Um, 
So it's a little bit different. I, I, you could have gone, you know, a couple of different ways, but that's what I want with. I, I know yeah. a lot of people are going to probably not give Gordon Ryan his due. You know, I don't know who Gordon Ryan is. I know float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Yeah. I know that one for sure. Yeah, um, he, he's up there, man. I mean, he's absolutely up there. I think he's too low for me, but yeah, it's like, I, I, that's fine. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, I don't know. It, you put Ali above John Jones, like, I guess. I mean, that, that one's a tough one. All right, Garrett, I need two topics for the next edition of the PM Power Rankings. I need a sports topic and a non-sports sure. topic. Also, no Bruce Lee. No Bruce Lee. No. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is a multi-time world karate champion. Bruce I, Lee I, is 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 probably one of the greatest. But it's a, a very, one. it's a very very difficult argument between what of Bruce Lee's fighting ability was real and what is Hollywood. There's a lot of debates out there. I've read a lot of books. There's some real discussion over how good he really was. That's fair. And exhibition martial arts showing you speed and quickness. Showing you stuff is differently than actually fighting. His actual fighting background's a little bit limited in terms of the public knowledge, and so it's tough to put him up there. Yeah, it is hard. I don't and, know. And for for Chuck Norris, like point karate is different than real fighting. So yeah, I know. But but also a, a Michael that doesn't qualify on your list. I just want to. I declare. Yeah. So. Bankruptcy! <laughs> yeah, I, I said it. it had to be real I Michaels. I had to do it. I had to do it. All right, so they for next week. Michaels. For next week. I know we got to get to a break here. But uh, so for your uh, for your sports top five, I guess your PM rankings, top five Atlanta sports moments. Top five moments in Atlanta sports history. Then uh, top five board games. Top five board games to play. Uh, like you say, it's a, a rainy Saturday afternoon and now, not much creative. else to do. And I, I got to get some... Some qualifiers in here. You guys like to get tricky with them. How, how creative are we going in terms of board games? Like, is Twister a board game? Okay. If, if, That's if not on my you top ask, five. But. Okay, then. <laughs> well, there the might be question? others that come, you know. Okay, no, that's is fair. Is Connect 4 a board game? Yeah. Connect is Port Battleship a board game? That's a board game. Is it? Yes. It's not a technical board. Got a board, electronic. You absolutely thing with have pegs. a little board. Yeah, there's a board. All right, I'll figure it out. It's it's. It, don't overthink it. Don't overthink oh, it. It's, I will. it's it's a That's... Saturday afternoon. And Garrett, have you rainy, met me? And... Don't overthink it. I just named five different disciplines in my greatest fighter. I'm gonna overthink it. You can bank on that. But <laughs> top five Atlanta sports moments and uh, five best board games. That's the next edition of the PM Power Rankings. All right, when we come back here on 92.9 The Game tonight, we got one hour left. We're heading outside the perimeter in just a couple of minutes. It is Abe Gordon live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... The energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's on us. Let's get it. It's 9 o'clock. It's time for more 92.9 The Game Tonight. As we get you caught up with all things Atlanta sports and beyond. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in here. Final hour, 92.9 The Game tonight. I've already got a lot of reaction in regards to the fighters uh, on my PM Power rankings. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it's a fair question. A lot of people asking how I only had one boxer. Uh, you know, again, I went with five different disciplines and who I thought is the uh, best of all time in those disciplines. I went with street fighting just because I wanted to – mentioned Kimbo Slice in a top five fighters list. Uh, Ultimately, uh, you know, probably not. I I mean, you know, if we had like a worldwide bracket of all fighters, is is he going to finish in the top five? Probably not. That's okay. But that, that, you know, that's what's interesting. I didn't want to just do – I didn't want to just do MMA. And we're going to get to that kind of in a moment because one of these outside the perimeter stories kind of has to do – with boxers and MMA fighters that like it would be unfair to just do five MMA guys. Cause realistically like boxers would not fare well, like, like with, with all due respect to the talent of Muhammad Ali, like a couple leg kicks and someone shooting, he'd be in real trouble. And, and I think the same would be for Tyson and, and for Mayweather and whoever. So I wanted to give respects to multiple different disciplines because I do think in real fights, I do think in with non-weapon fights, I do think that most of the time MMA guys would win. I think there's a, a certainly an opportunity for boxers because the fight would start on, on the, the feet to catch one. But realistically, I just think there's way too much going on. I think MMA fighters would beat, uh, like the top MMA fighter would beat the top wrestler in a fight. The top MMA fight, the only, honestly, the only difference, and again, if you guys don't know who he is, is Gordon Ryan. He might fare well. He might. But he'd have to avoid getting hit on his way to taking you down. Because if he gets you down, you're in trouble. If he gets anyone down, I don't care what... Black belt, not like forget about it. But at the same time, even Gordon Ryan doesn't have to defend elbows from the ground, punches from the ground. So, so it'd be different for him too. 
And so I went with different disciplines. And, and I've gotten a, a bunch of Bruce Lees as well. I don't know. Like, I'll be honest. I, I, I haven't seen Bruce Lee fight in real life. I've read it. Like I said, I, I've read a couple stories, a couple books. I, I know he had a number of real fights. I, I think it's tough to sit here and say that he was fighting the best of the best like John Jones has and succeeded. I, I think his physical limitations are part of this. I mean, you ask people now, like, how would Bruce Lee fare in the UFC currently? I, I mean, at his weight class, e even his current fighting style would have to be, like, adjusted incredibly. Be formless, shapeless, like water. You could say that. That's cool. You want to pull up the Tyson one where he says everyone's got a plan until someone hits you in the mouth? Yeah, it's one of that. Like, I, I just, a lot of Bruce Lee stuff is exhibition. A, a lot of this stuff, I mean, it, it's just really tough to try and quantify how Bruce Lee would have done in the UFC, in MMA, today. I, I, I It's just really difficult to try and say. But uh, I feel pretty safe saying that John Jones would not lose a fight to Bruce Lee. That's all. A lot of that has to do with the physical aspect of that, but I don't know. Just don't confuse his movie fighting with real life. That's all. I think a lot of people think that that he won a real fighting tournament in Enter the Dragon. Like, it's not how it worked. It's a movie. Wasting extra energy with all those sounds, too. A lot of energy coming out. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. It's time to go OTP. It's time for Outside the Perimeter on 92.9 The Game Tonight. All right, the top national sports stories, headlines, and topics, at least the ones that interest me to an extent. And the NFLPA rankings came out in terms of how players view their own clubs, own teams, in a variety of different aspects. And while I do think it is great that it's anonymous and that maybe teams can learn a thing or two about themselves to address over the course of the next year, like I saw one team didn't have seats in their locker room. They had stools, which I guess was frowned upon. Like, okay, they got seats this year probably because of this poll, so good for them. I just, ultimately, I, I, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, Kansas City was ranked 31st in this. I, I don't know what Lamar Hunt does to, to finish dead last in this. Andy Reid was number one. I, I just, no one's complaining. Guys, no one's trying to get out of Kansas City right now because they finished 31st. Like, they just won a Super Bowl. They got rings. I think most of them are pretty happy. Now, they might work their way out because they're trying to get paid. I think that's understandable. But let's be real. No one cares about it. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks signed Lance Leipold to a new contract. They're bumping him up to seven, just over $7 million. An interesting name. He becomes the third highest paid coach in the Big 12. Uh, and I assume they mean what will be the Big 12, not, you know, 
Oklahoma and Texas in the past Big 12. I think they're what will be the Big 12. And look, this was a step they were going to have to take at some point because Lance Leipold was one of the hot names. One of the real hot names around. And if you don't give him a a competitive salary, at some point he was going to leave Kansas. He's been to two straight bowl games. They got some, some pretty good recruits that have been playing there. And uh, it didn't work out this year, but uh, the quarterback, Jalen Daniels, is preseason player of the year in the Big 12. And and so he's been getting it done there. He got it done at the lower levels before that. If you didn't give him a bump, he was going to leave eventually. Uh, Caitlin Clark, who tipped off a couple moments ago, uh, at least at the start of the game, needed 51 points to uh, get to Pistol Pete's NCAA record. I know there's this big deal about the lower-level players who have scored more I just don't care like it's still impressive we don't we don't have to we don't have to put down the accomplishment just because it's not the all-time record of all games played at any level and this and like it's still impressive guys like no one's touched Pistol Pete's record for years I know uh the guy at Detroit came close they tried to get an extra game so he would pass it I think he finished three points shy he bricked the three-pointer at the end uh, of the season, and, and they didn't get that done. But just not that big of a deal. I, it's incredibly impressive what she has done for the women's game over the last two years. And it's not just her. She hasn't been doing this solo. But the target on her back this year and the performance she's put up relatively consistently. I know it's been a, a down game here, a down game there. Uh, just a really, really impressive season for Caitlin Clark. And we just don't need to belittle her accomplishments by saying it's not the greatest ever. It's not like it's incredible, guys. It's incredible what we've been watching, what we've been witnessing. I don't care uh, about what record it is or isn't. And then here we went with the the, the, the comments about boxing and mixed martial arts I, I was mentioning. Ryan Garcia is fighting Devin Haney coming up. And apparently, Ryan Garcia, who's a, an incredibly talented boxer, is offering to step into the octagon for a crossover fight with current champion Sean O'Malley. I saw some comments from both of them, and whether you like or don't like Sugar Sean, like, you got to be realistic here. Like, Ryan Garcia is convinced that he can train three or four months in MMA and beat the current champ. That That is just woefully underestimating how difficult it is to learn things in MMA. I don't even think he's going to condition his shins to take a kick in three months, much less the ins and outs of submission defense, range. What are we doing, dude? I agree with Sugar Sean. Like, It's one thing for an MMA guy to have a crossover fight with boxers and and, and do okay. Stand their ground. Almost win if you're Francis Ngannou. Look decently good if you're Conor McGregor against Mayweather. There's a reason the crossover never happened. Because Mayweather would take one kick and he'd be in real trouble. And it's just a wild thought. And I'm not saying that they would never win, right? Because, like we said, the fights start on the ground. Or, excuse me, start on the feet. But I have to imagine that Sugar Sean, if they do this crossover fight, 
Well, Sugar Sean's not the most intelligent guy in the world. He might actually stand there and try and box. But an intelligent MMA approach would either to be a, immediately throw a leg kick or to just immediately level change, take down, end the fight on the ground. And Garcia doesn't throw a single punch. It's, it's just how it would work in most cases. I, I just The crossover thing is not intelligent. But I mentioned it earlier in the show here. Again, it's Abe Gordon live from the Kia Studios, 92.9 The Game tonight. I mentioned it earlier. There's a couple of free agents I want the Falcons to take a look at. It, it, not the, quote, war daddies, not the big money guys, but guys I think could come in here, play a role, have an impact that are kind of the mid-tier. They're not nothing, uh, but they're maybe not going to cost you $30 million either. I got a list for you coming your way next live. It is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Network. You rock this place out every night. Talking Atlanta sports at night. This is 92.9 The Game Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yeah, Spider-Man and Freeze in full effect. You know, we picked apart Raheem Morris earlier, and he talked about what Andy and Randy deemed, quote, war daddies. Those are those free agents that are going to come in proven. You know what you're getting. They are high-priced. Multiple teams want them. And they are those dudes. Alphas at their position, right? The Chris Joneses, if they come available. Josh Allen or Brian Burns. Potentially via trade, Legereus Sneed. Depending on how things go in Chicago, Jalen Johnson. All right? I don't know how real or not real those dreams are. After hearing what Raheem Morris said, we talked about it last hour. I think they're going to get someone. I think they're going to get one of those, quote, war daddies as I want to keep calling them. You got to know what you're doing in the draft. You got to know what you're doing at quarterback before you can go ahead and commit to that. Because if ultimately you have to pay for a quarterback, things change. But I'm optimistic they're going to get one of those guys. But we have more than one need. And so they can bring in a war daddy. That's fine. But we're going to have to fill other spots with guys that maybe you aren't thinking about right now. I don't want to insult these guys and call them mid-tier, but just a list of free agents I've come up with that I, I would be interested in potentially adding to this team that I think would serve the role and do well at what they need and that, honestly, you probably just haven't thought about. Because so much of the focus is on Hunter and Huff and Chris Jones. That maybe you haven't thought about what's just under be underneath them. Guys that are still going to come in and have an impact. And, and so I've got a list of guys I deem realistic options that I just want you to think about. I just want to put them on your radar. I just have these uh, on a list, by the way. I did not organize them by position. 
I did not organize them by projected cost. It's just the, the list of free agents. I went up and down it. Every team looked at who's available, and here are my guys. Now, I've said this one before, so I won't spend too much time on them. Uh, just, you know what you need, right? You could use a safety. You could use a pass rush. You could use a cornerback. Cornerback. You could use another receiver. And, and I mentioned this guy as that receiver. Uh, Marquise Brown of the Cardinals. Is he that speedy guy to run alongside London and Pitts? Bengals cornerback Chidobe Owuzie. All right? He tore his ACL in 2022. The Cincinnati Bengals are going youth movement in the secondary. It feels like he could be rounding back to form. Is he a guy that you could bring in? Chase Young. Former top prospect, commanders, also played with the 49ers this year. I think the question there is what's the realistic cost? Is he going to be in the 12 to 15 per range, or is he looking for something bigger? How many years is he looking for? I don't know if I'd go big on him, but I, it's interesting to see, depending on what you do in the draft, depending on what he would be interested in. Jonathan Greenard of the Texans? Outstanding against the run, a little less so against the past. Not sure he's the greatest fit, but if you can't get Hunter, Chris Jones, would he play a role? Again, I'm trying to find a couple of free agents just to think about that I think are realistic that would improve this team. These are not the war daddies you speak of. But I do think they have a role, and I do think you could consider them. Continuing. I may be a little bit further into this discussion than many. I think the Falcons could use an upgrade at center. I would take a look at Raiders center, Andre James. I know the Rams also released their center. Could he be at play? Guy that knows Zach Robinson's system has been with Raheem Morris. I don't know the level of trust they have with him. How about Andrew Van Ginkle? The Dolphins defensive end. He's a great fit for a 3-4 scheme. He's a defensive end who could get after the rush or a passer, but he's also pretty strong dropping into coverage. Again, if you're not getting Hunter, you're not getting Jones, if for whatever reason you don't go pass rush in the draft, is that a route you could go? A couple of receivers here before I get to a pair of safeties. A couple of receivers. Bears receiver Darnell Mooney. Now, I don't know if Fields, if bringing Fields here would be more likely or less likely to add Mooney. Obviously, some sort of relationship there. Look, Mooney has some issues holding on to the ball. That's fair. But he is a guy that can create separation. We've seen that on deep routes. He's also got to stay healthy. That's been his biggest issue. Can he stay healthy? Now, here's the guy that's most interesting to me. And I still think there's something there, and it just hasn't showed up. What about Bill's wide receiver? I know you'd love me to say Stephon Diggs. I would love to say Stephon Diggs, but not him. What about Bill's wide receiver, Gabe Davis? This is a guy that a few years ago looked really ready 
to take that next step, really ready to break out. It hasn't happened yet. He's had some big games, though. He's had plenty of opportunities down the field. Again, it'd be great to get Mike Evans, a war daddy. But if you can't, not sure Gabe Davis would be the worst attempt at bringing in a quality receiver. God, by the way, well, another thing I don't hate about some of these options, guys that have playoff experience, wouldn't mind that either. And then one more receiver, DJ Shark of the Panthers. He was not good in Carolina. There's no arguing that. But, you know, if we're arguing that Justin Fields can come in and be better here because the talent around him is better, I would say the same for, for DJ Chark. A better quarterback, maybe less pressure for him to, to be a legit number one. Maybe he can regain form. Again, I'm just looking for some help, guys. We already know we need a number, uh, another receiver. We've talked about this being a guy that can stretch the field. Not a lot of options. And so, certainly not a lot of alpha options. Mike Evans may be the only one. Valdez Scantling got, uh, became available today. Like, I would prefer the guys on my list over MVS. I would. But maybe he's an option as well. A couple of safeties, by the way, as well. This one's interesting to me because Ram safety Jordan Fuller obviously has worked very closely with Raheem Morris. And so there's definitely some familiarity there. Would be an upgrade. You do wonder. You have to wonder. I'd love to see him alongside Jesse Bates. And then Jeremy Chin of the Panthers, it's interesting because his play is at a very high level, but apparently he's not well-received by the defensive coaching staff in Carolina. Apparently, Ajiro Evero just does not like this guy. But in college, he made plays, and in his young career in the NFL, he's made plays. That's a list of guys I think could help the Atlanta Falcons at free agency. I'll say it again, by the way. I don't want any of those guys to be the big move that we make. I want someone we know is going to come in and do what Jesse Bates did. I want someone that's going to come in and be an all-pro or at least a pro bowler. But I don't think you're going to get that at every position of need. And so those are a couple of my names that I'm keeping my eye on. The right price, the right fit, does it work? If I had to pick one of these groups at each position, it would probably go as follows. Of the receivers I listed, Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, and DJ Chark, I would probably risk on Gabe Davis the most. I just think he can be better than what he turned into in Buffalo. I think we saw it. I think we saw the flashes. I think that's still there. I think Marquise Brown's a very interesting discussion, though, because you know he's bringing the speed that we're asking for. If I can bring a pass rusher, 
And on my list, I had Chase Young, John Greenard of the Texans, and Andrew Van Ginkle of the Dolphins. It would probably be Van Ginkle. I think he fits the 3-4 scheme. I think he's uber talented. I think Chase Young is probably going to ask too much money and years for the combination of what you might get out of him. He might be playing the rest of his career on just one-year prove-it deals, almost like like Yannick Ngakwe or something. I don't know what Chase Young's looking for. It's just not good enough often enough. I would like John Greenard, too. I I just don't think he's going to be leaving Texan. Uh, the Texans, ultimately. Uh, and then when it comes down to the DBs, I had Chidobe Wouzier, the cornerback from the Bengals. Safety, Jordan Fuller. And Jeremy Chin of the Panthers. I, I Look, I maybe we're too close to it in the NFC South. I would love Jeremy Chin on this team. I think he's an outstanding playmaker. It, it makes no sense to me why the Panthers aren't interested in bringing him back. I don't know what's going on with him and Jiro Evero, the Panthers' D.C., but I, I think he's a really good playmaker. You can sign me up for Jeremy Chin. So, look, again, we need some big names, legit dudes. Bring them in. But you're not going to fill every spot of need with legit dudes. And, again, not that these guys aren't legit dudes. But you're not going to fill every spot with an alpha, A1, going to be a pro bowler. So, here are a couple of names that I'm just keeping my eye on. Just keeping my eye on. That's all. And look, if I'm right, you heard it here first. And more likely when I'm wrong, yeah, I tried. I tried. We'll see. We'll see. I tried. There's like 400 free agents, man. I cut my list down to like 11 people. What do you want me to do? Anyways, that's who I'd like to see. That's who I'm interested in. Not my alpha priority. We'd be interested to see those guys. All right, we're going to come back here on 92.9 The Game tonight and put a bow on things. One segment left here. It's Abe Gordon live from the Kia Studios. I want to get back into the whole Justin Fields discussion a a little bit and also the Atlanta Hawks chatter. We started the show off with Hawks. I know I didn't take calls on it, but I got to have that discussion Again, because people still refuse to acknowledge that you're not watching the same team as you did three games ago. All I'm saying is it's not a coincidence. All that and more in about five minutes. It is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Hiding somewhere in the darkness, waiting for nightfall. It's live sports talk in the ATL at night. This is 92.9 The Game Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Thanks for joining us here on a Wednesday evening. Final couple of minutes on 92.9 The Game Tonight. And I'll tell you what. And I know this is a personal problem. I have got to be better about taking care of myself in certain situations. And and I guess what I mean, it's not even that complicated. But I came here tonight to do the show. And I brought like a, a little lunchbox of, of food that I haven't eaten. 
because I get so into the show and, you know, sometimes I talk with Garrett in breaks. Sometimes I'm uh, I'm trying to respond to as many people as I can on Twitter. And if uh, I didn't respond to you, I apologize. But if you want to uh, continue to have those discussions at Abe Gordon on Twitter. And so what happens here is I came in pretty hungry. I haven't eaten since I got here, with the exception of a, a, a tiny little granola bar. And I don't think about it during the show. The show ends. I head home. And like eight minutes into my drive home, it hits. And I get starving. And it's one of those things where I know I won't be able to go to sleep if I'm that hungry. You guys ever get that hungry? You ever been so hungry you're like, I... If I lay down and try and sleep, all I'm going to think about is how my stomach has nothing in it. And so I've then got to eat something at night. I don't want to eat something at night, but there's no choice. And then you start to roll into the decision-making process. All right. Well, I don't want to spend time making food. You try and justify. All right, what if I had like another granola bar? Like just before bed, a tiny granola bar. Is that going to be enough? Then you get nervous. What if that's not enough? What if you eat the granola bar, you lay down, you're still hungry? Now you got to get back out of bed, eat another granola bar, and you can see where this heads. And so ultimately, where do we end up? Ultimately, we, uh, we end up with me at the Taco Bell drive-thru ordering $17 worth of food to eat at 1030 at night. It's not good for me. I need to stop it. But I know that Taco Bell's appreciative. I know they love me over there. One of these days, it, part of the issue is is my schedule, you know, like like tomorrow I'm back with middays. And so I'm back to a, like a normal lunch, dinner routine. Today's all over the place because in the time I should have been eating, like a, a late lunch before I came here, I was waiting out the rain because I wanted to go for a run. But I had this weird, like, 90 minutes, maybe two hours of downpour, and it was pretty bad. When it first started to rain, like, the first, like, 10 or 15 minutes was wild. And I know that because I knew I was going to have to wait out the rain. So I said, you know what, I'll take a nap during the storm. Then the dog comes up because she gets scared of the storms nowadays, apparently. And so I heard it. It was coming down. And then I saw it. I did get out on a run, though. I felt good about that. I did get out on the three-mile trot. But that should have been when I was eating. I didn't eat. I should have made, like, a chicken wrap, turkey wrap on the way here just to eat in the car. I didn't do that. Got lazy. And now here we are, 10 minutes from the end of the show, and it's hitting me. And my stomach is, is getting going. Dude. That's that's my app about eight minutes after I leave here because I've just ordered. They when you click drive through and then move to payment and it like when you do all that, it it even over the Bluetooth in my car, it does the bell. I wonder what new items they have today. Yeah, you don't have to do it. I already know what it sounds like. I honestly thought and again, it just comes down to it comes down to be like being aware of my timing. Like, I probably could have eaten during the show, but I just don't really think about it. And then by the time I do think about it, I'm like, I don't think I want, like, one granola bar to, to tide me over. 
And then I do the weird thing. And we talked about, like, how I don't care how people judge me while I'm walking my dog. Like, we talked about it. Like, I'll shave. I'll just shave while walking the dog, electric razor. Just taking the dog out. I will sit there with a plate of Taco Bell while walking the dog and just eat as I go. I don't need to be at home. I don't need to be at a table. I'll just balance it on a plate and get after it. And then midway through the walk, my stomach starts getting after it in a different way. That's all right. We'll see. We'll see ultimately where I end up. I I need to be good today. Probably won't, which means then I'll feel bad tomorrow. Not because of the food, but bad that I shouldn't have eaten all that food. And then I'll try and find a a way to get a run in. And I'll probably hurt my calf, and that'll be that. That's normally the the spin cycle for me eating bad food leading to a running injury. You know, we started the show earlier today uh, uh, talking about the Atlanta Hawks win last night. It was 124-197. to 197. And, look, this is the second straight game where the Hawks have held their opponents under 100 points, okay? It is the first time all season in which they have had back-to-back games holding their opponents to double digits, to less than a hundy. And, look, draw whatever conclusion you want, okay? I'm not here to argue for or against. I've already told you my thoughts. I want to keep them. I want to build around them. But I'm also not going to sit here a oblivious to what we're watching. Now, it is a two-game sample size. And I'm not letting two games. I'm not going to pretend that two games is 20 games. We will have a 20-game sample size or close to it. And we will have something to judge by. But if you think the Hawks front office is going to completely ignore whatever happens during this stretch as they headed to an offseason of decision, I got news for you. It would be irresponsible to turn a blind eye to this stretch without Trey Young. I don't know what we're going to find out. I don't know what ultimately they determine based on it. And ultimately, it may not have changed anything anyways. But to pretend that they're not paying attention to pretend that it has no impact at all, if that is their mindset, it would be irresponsible. And I don't think that is how they're approaching it, by the way. I think they are looking at it and saying, all right, let's see. Maybe, Maybe all these rumors are true. Maybe there is a market for Trey. Maybe we do believe we can build behind DeJounte Murray. Maybe the team flows better. Maybe the defense is better. Okay. I don't think it's definitive, guys. It's been two games. But I also don't think it's being ignored. And I think that's the interesting aspect of it. Once again, my preference, where I believe, is that the best path forward is still to keep Trey Young and build around him. If that includes DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, great. If it doesn't, fine. But if they see something, 
in these next 20 games or however many it'll be, and they determine that our best path forward is actually by moving Trey Young, you know what? Fine. Great. I've said this before. I am a Trey Young fan. There's no denying that. I love watching him play. But I put the Hawks over Trey. And whatever it takes for them to win, keep them, trade them, trade both, keep both. Whatever it takes to get this franchise moving forward instead of in the playing round, I'm open to. And if something we maybe didn't expect happens in this stretch, I'm open to it. Again, if you're asking me right now, not my preference, but I'm open to it. The other conversation we're having today is Justin Fields. And just some final thoughts on Justin Fields, because the rumors are heating up. The guys are at the combine. Everyone's associating with everyone else, and it's understandable. And especially with Dukes and Bell, like they they had the most opposing stances on this that I've heard. And I'm just trying to figure out why there's not more people in the middle ground. And look, you know what's funny? Oddly enough, the people on Twitter are the ones who are kind of measured and well-mannered about this. Did not expect that. Normally, I get craziness on Twitter, at Abe Gordon, by the way. Normally, it's craziness on Twitter and, like, a little bit more realism on the phones. And, and the question that I have, like, if you want Justin Fields, it, it, it just, it, for those who are in that boat of bring him here, the question I would ask you is just, why are you so darn convinced he's going to come here and light it up? I'm not convinced he's going to come here and light it up. But I'm also not on the other side. And, and if you're on that group of keep him away, why are you so darn convinced that Justin Fields is going to come here and look the exact same as he has in three years with the Bears? Because I don't believe that to be the case either. I'm not convinced of that either. I am in the middle. And I think it's okay. You don't have to be on one heavy side of every take. I said it. I said it at the start of the show. I think Atlanta's a better spot for Fields for a number of reasons over Chicago. Coaching, supporting cast, and yeah, probably fit and feel. Probably fit and feel with Atlanta. I also don't think that a change of scenery and even better coaching, and he's an immediate MVP candidate. But I will say this. I see the potential that is there with Justin Fields. I like the risk. I would take that risk. But I at least understand the word risk here. There's a chance it doesn't work out. I just don't understand why people refuse to admit that. That's going to do it here on 92.9 The Game tonight. Coming up next, Damian Day-Day Lewis Prep Sports Nation. A lot of high school sports 
are into their postseasons and playoffs, and I'm sure he'll catch you up on all of that. I'd like to thank Garrett Chapman for his work tonight. Always enjoy working with Garrett. Thanks so much to the callers and certainly to those who participated on X or on Twitter as well. I will be back with Andy and Randy the remainder of the week. My next show will be the Abe TL show on Sunday from 2 to 6. I will be back with 92.9 The Game tonight on Monday as well. Appreciate you all for joining me here on a Wednesday evening live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.